Hello, everybody. Welcome to the CCWSA podcast. My name is Rob High. I'm your host here in Oklahoma City. And my co-host joining us, Philip Naiman. Where are you at today, Phil? I'm in the uh, California studio. Good, good. Um, we are so honored today to have a special guest with us. We met a couple of weeks back at the NRA show. And uh, I was super impressed with what little bit I got to know about her as we were there, and I got a book of hers that I'm going to introduce to you guys here in a bit, uh, but uh, Magda Khalifa, and I'm just going to stop right there. I'm going to let you give a little bio for us and your background, and then we will see where this leads us. Thank you, Rob, and great to be here. Great to connect with you again. It was wonderful to meet you at the NRA show. And yeah, so I, I'm, um, my name is Magda Khalifa. I grew up in the New York City area, uh, North Jersey, and um, had a normal, regular life. Worked in IT in the 90s, and then something major happened, major happened that really shook my world. It, it was, it was horrible. It was horrible. Um, witnessing September 11th and I was married at the time. He wasn't there that day, but he lost 200 coworkers. So that was the catalyst in my life at 29 years old to do something. And I enlisted shortly afterwards in the U S army and, um, served two tours in Iraq and came home. And that's when my battle began. Uh, took about 10 years to turn things around. So I went, you know, from darkness to light. And uh, since then, I've been, um, you know, I've had new, new purpose, renewed purpose and mission in life to serve others and realize the value I've had and how fortunate I am to have pushed through. And that's what I speak about, wrote about, and that's what I'm trying to help others with. Uh, because I get it, been there. And, um, you know, the good news is that we all have, we all have the ability to take control of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we didn't get into a bunch of the background of our company uh, when we met, but the guys that I work for that founded the company I work for are dear friends of mine. Um, I met them through law enforcement. We all work together <clears throat> and kind of our common bond there is we all worked the uh, Murrah bombing in Oklahoma City. And to be a part of such a incredible traumatic incident, um, aside from the fact of what you see, um, you know, you were like, thousands of others that that decided that I'm changing I'm not just going to not just going to talk about it I'm going to do something about it and got into the the military and and served and and did your thing that way um but like Colonel Grossman talked about you know we we got really good at at teaching people how to be lethal but we didn't do a very good job at teaching people how to live with having done that. Yeah. And so many sites and things that, that you see and sites really weren't the, the factor for me. Um, smells and sounds mm -hmm. things that, 
that could could trigger me. Um, but you went on, you came back and and I kind of like to to get kind of your journey here about uh, let's go post uh, post military. So you've you've done uh, multiple uh, deployments and I think sometimes it's easier for us to to jump into that fire and and just keep your foot on the gas and keep pressing forward and kind of compartmentalizing everything else and um, really not dealing with it at all until it it doesn't give us a choice. So um, I, I love where I'm at so far in the book and uh, I want to get through your journey a little bit and then we'll, we can talk about the direction that you're going now. You know, Rob, as you're saying that, realizing where they as a family came from, her husband lost 200 co-workers. Um, she does two tours. And then the suicide rate for returning veterans is through the roof. And so, you know, just to paint the picture, going back, um, hard to believe it's 22 years ago when all this happened, there aren't that many people who have fresh memories. You know, if you lose 200 co-workers, it's always a fresh memory. But you know, people have to remember, where was I on September 11th? What was September 11th again? I mean, the national conscious memory is like a sieve. Um, and so so to carry that with her and then these other things, just want to paint the picture of where she was coming back from two tours with all the other trauma that she, that she started with on that. Yeah, I'll... Um... I'll admit I'm the fun stuff. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's, you know, you hit the nail on the head, the sights and uh, the sounds and the smells powerful, powerful. And uh, you know, fast forward to what I'm doing now, there's, there's a definitely a link, uh, a, a positive one, but uh, that being said, going and actually serving and deploying and, you know, doing all that was actually therapeutic because I felt I was taking action. I was doing something when immediately after, you know, the towers were hit, um, my husband and I, at the time, we tried to donate blood. That was the first thing we tried to do. And the blood banks were full. Um, there were not enough, uh, people that needed blood because there were not enough survivors. Um, so that hits you hard. Uh, when has that happened before? Right. And then, you try to figure out what you can do. So I had IT skills. So I called around a few places to see if I could just volunteer and help, help the effort. And now that, that wasn't needed. What was needed were heavy construction skills and um, medical skills. And I, I didn't have any of that. Yeah. And it was like at that point that I realized, you know, being useless is the worst feeling in the world, especially when people need you, you know? Um, so, so, you know, yes, that was a catalyst to go do something and, you know, take the fight to the enemy. So, so that's why I joined. But when you talk about the, the smells and the sounds, vivid, very vivid, all these years later, two decades later, for sure. And I don't think that ever leaves you. Now, 
a lot of people, um, you know, you, you go to war and you struggle with things. Um, it's not necessarily, not necessarily just what you saw or what you did. A lot of it is what happened to you, you know, um, in your, uh, capacity over there because you're serving in a vacuum and for a year, perhaps, you know, a year long tour or longer. Right. So that's one element as well. Um, you don't have the opportunity to come home at night to your family or anything else like that, right? Um, another thing that we've learned collectively, right, over the years is what you're exposed to. And in itself, going back to sights and sounds and smells, right? Burn pits, uranium. Okay, I know, you know, the big narrative is, oh, there were no WMD. There was WMD. I wrote about it in my book. I mean, maybe not the amounts that were expected, although mm -hmm. there was a lot. And um, additionally too, I get it. There's the whole political push pull. Okay. Um, but we have documented troops who have exposures who, you, you know, so like that existed, right? Okay. So there's so many variables, right? So no matter what you did, whether you sat on a base or whether you were out running and gunning on the daily, you know, going on combat missions on the regular, when you come home, you're change it's very possible your dna has changed because of prolonged exposure to all of these exposures right. so that exasperates any sort of um deviation in the experience from it just being routine because there is nothing normal about that type of experience especially in a in a compressed period of time and i went over twice 04 and then 06 to 07 and I was in the relatively same area of operations and could see the difference. I mean, obviously the enemy, um, you know, obviously their TTPs, their tactics, techniques, and procedures had advanced and yes. as, as ours did as well, for sure. But, you know, it was a different type of environment altogether. So that all being said, so I came back whole. I had my arms, my legs, my eyesight. Uh, a lot of my brothers and sisters didn't or didn't right. come back, didn't come back alive, of course. So in my mind, I was, you know, I have nothing to complain about. It was afterwards when you hit that brick wall and everything starts to settle in, um, you know, they start feeling the health issues. They catch up with you, of course. And at the time we didn't have explanations. Now we do for a lot of them. And we have uh, treatments and modalities that do not involve um, uh, pharmacy drugs and, uh, or surgeries to, to treat, you know, which is great that we have these now, but at the time, uh, for a lot of veterans who were coming back, they, we didn't have those widely available, like even within the veteran community that the narrative was not there, the discussion wasn't there. So they turned to anywhere to get help or, you know, sometimes illegally and sometimes legally through the VA and they were over-medicated with psychotropic drugs and, we know psychiatry has never cured anything. So they were over medicated, you know, compound that with um, physical health issues and, you know, what's going on in their mind, you know, about leaving the battlefield and coming home. Right. Um, you know, it was just a lethal cocktail for so many, and it continues to be, although things are slowly changing and, and that's a good thing. So, you know, where I come in, I, I, you know, came back and like so many other veterans hit that brick wall. I was also a reservist. So after one week of uh, basically administrative out processing from that last combat tour, I was alone going through a divorce, you know, like, like so many others, you know, um, 
you know, experience, of course, and alone. And when you serve in a vacuum and you have your, your brothers around you and you're doing a dangerous mission, you know, you're not alone. You're not out there, you know, like Rambo style. You're, you're there as part of the team, right? When you come home and you have to become a civilian again, and you don't have that safety net of people who understand you and who have your six around you, everything just compounded one thing on top of another. And, um, I started the book talking about pretty much my darkest night, which was shortly after returning home, uh, from the last tour, but I pushed through, I pushed through. I didn't press the, the easy button, which for me at the time, you know, you could read about in the book, what that would have been. And I didn't do it. Um, I joke, you know, growing up Jersey, you know, so stubborn Jersey strong, but it, it wasn't easy push through. And since then, you know, it's been a journey and it took better part of a decade to turn things around, but turn things around to the point that I've started my new chapter with something I never even imagined. And that's the whole point. I'm trying to connect with people, not, not, you know, just veterans and law enforcement, but anyone who's been through any sort of trauma in the past, or, you know, who is, you know, unjustifiably been through something others cannot necessarily comprehend they have the ability if they so choose to turn things around and it's not going to be overnight but it does require that desire to change yeah i think that's a great point too um the whole understanding that because i i want to go all in um so there's a way to change. Let's do this X, Y, Z, and just, just give me the playbook and I'll do it. And it, it doesn't quite work like that. It, it's a, it's a journey. It's a path. Um, <clears throat> but the, I, I love that you touch on that because it, it is not a hopeless thing. Um, it is when you're caught in that vortex and you don't know what to do with that at that, at that given time. But as you pick up tools to deal with and, and you can move forward and slowly begin to process, um, I don't know if you, you do any EMDR or anything like that as, as any of your, your stuff overcoming and, and coming out the other side. Um, so I haven't done that modality and I've, I know a lot of um, people who have and have had wonderful results. And, and that's the good news. There are so many different treatments that, again, do not involve any sort of medication or drugs. And, and that's wonderful. And that's why these conversations need to be had. Because, um, again, you know, coming back 07, my last tour, this global war on terror was still relatively fresh. So there were not a lot of um, veterans, if you will, speaking out about these options. So I feel blessed to have figured them out or learned them along the way over the course of time. Um, and that's why, you know, it's so important I try to share that. And again, not just with our community the protectors, but with anyone that's gone through some pretty tough things. I mean, look at the mental health crisis we have right now in our country and the problems that have resulted as a result of that. So, um, this is, it's good to have these dialogues for sure. But that, like you said, that's one treatment that is 
absolutely tremendous that can help people work through things. Um, and I, I do talk about the ones that I used and applied in, in my life um, over the course of that 10 years of you know darkness that helped me get through. Um, you know, spoiler alert, it really a lot of it was nutrition based to to counter the toxicities that were present or, you know, in my body that I was exposed to. So, um, so that's one angle as well. But that being said, there's so many out there and how I learned. So of course, you know, and this is probably a typical, typical um, viewpoint amongst us protectors, you know, oh, I'm so much better off than all the others around me. I want to help them. So we tear, we turn our focus focus outwardly to help others in our community instead right. of helping ourselves. But in one way it helps ourselves because we feel like we're protecting them and helping them. So, um, you know, I was working as a defense contractor and, and started a service-based business, but on, you know, outside of that, I was very much involved with veteran nonprofits who were helping, who we thought at the time, or, you know, probably were at the time, you know, the most, the neediest of our, um, uh, cases in our community uh so so that was a good the, thing the ones who are the ones who mm -hmm. are physically damaged you could see the damage uh, on the outside mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then as time went on we realized you know what we call the invisible wounds of war that you know the numbers started adding up where you could see that the suicide rate and the cancer rate you know killed more veterans global war and terror veterans than those on the battlefield, yep. you know, than the number who had died in combat. Now, parallel this with Ground Zero, September 11th, all the first responders, people who lived in the immediate area, who over time have succumbed to leukemia, various cancers, because of the toxic exposures, breathing in, you know, all that white dust from 100 plus floors, office space, you know, mercury in the fluorescent lights, everything, debris, jet fuel, everything coming down and, you know, not having masks for three days. Yeah. So we're learning, we're learning, we've been learning. Uh, we cannot speak enough about this. You know, what I, what I find um, oftentimes when I'm in uh, circles and conversations with civilian population, um, educated folks, uh, folks who are experts in their own lanes, you know, their understanding of um, what military and law enforcement uh, go through and these issues that we deal with, their understanding is, is um, you know, is, is not that great. And that's, you know, I feel that's our part, you know, as members of our communities to uh, bring light to it, because there there is a tendency to kind of over, you know, when, when people, human nature, you don't understand something, you categorize it, you know, and you shelve it. And um, there was so much more, you know, we know a lot more now and we're able to literally, you know, dissect. Uh, there's a, there's a nonprofit Hunter seven foundation. They, they have, um, they have actual statistics and have been able to break down literally the types of unique cancers that are prevalent for troops that had served in particular areas of yep. Afghanistan or Iraq. Unbelievable. I mean, certainly this wasn't available 20 years ago, right? This developed over time. So, so there is a lot of institutional knowledge now that is out there. And the good news is because we have that understanding, we're able to properly treat, you know, specifically treat and address these issues. 
Real, real quick question: When they when they did that study, is it the same cancer prevalence of the indigenous people in that area, or is there a difference between the people who serve and the people who live there? That's a great question. I don't have that information, um, but I will, you know, connect you with Hunter Seven Foundation because they're phenomenal when it comes to the education piece because they have the statistics. Um, great nonprofit organization uh, comprised of former, you know, veteran uh, medical personnel. And it's all about root cause, what's causing this. And, you know, the past, I would say the past three years, the, the cancer rates, you know, because sometimes cancers take time to manifest themselves right. through the roof. I mean, I, unbelievable, unbelievable. So that that's a great question. I don't have that answer. You know, it's, I, I like the fact that you you also in your triangle you get into uh like you're talking about the 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 diet the health portion of this that we can contribute to ourselves we can do this um I think there's a lot of people out there because not only did I have friends that responded to to April 19th I had friends that responded to 911 um those are the same guys that are that are filling uh, filling the roles in the reserve communities as well. So lots of those guys did multiple tours as well. Um, and I was shocked. The thing that that caught me was the the parasitic issues that they had and the gut health that was so just crazy. Um, so you're right. I mean, there's so many different levels that have to be addressed with these guys and, and nobody even knew that they were issues, you know, and it, we're still learning. So. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and this is the thing we, we have to change. We as a community, right. Have to change or help change the thinking about things. Because if we don't, our brethren are not going to start to look at things through those lens. Um, those of us that are in the know now, you know, um, and I think that's so important. And it's certainly reflective of the country as well. And the country's getting there, you know, as, as a mass. Um, you know, there was a time, <laughs> I remember when I embraced the whole um you know, organic and paleo and non-GMO and everything else like that. I mean, that those labels didn't exist on foods, right? You know, like 13 years ago. And now they do because obviously business recognized, hey, you know, that that's a great market to we market. Can charge more for this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. And that, that's a good thing. It makes my life a little easier. I have to be very creative and how am I going to cook for myself now? You know, but, but it's all good. It's part of the journey. And I, I do speak about that in the book, but the whole point is we, if we're not, teaching these things, you know, as senior folks or, you know, more experienced folks have been there, right? If we're not teaching that to um, new, you know, veterans of our communities, they're not going to be thinking about those things. And and I remember what it was like. I mean, I wasn't a young pup. I was 29 when I enlisted and, um, but still I was younger, you know, and gosh, I was 20 years ago, it just hits you, right? But, uh, you know, like at that point, you're invincible, you know, fire in the belly, go out and do this. Sure. Five shots of, of uh, anthrax vaccine. Sure. I'll live 
it hurt, whatever, I'll live. Nothing's going to get me. Let me go out there, do the job, right? And then it catches up, right? All these things catch up with you, right? Um, so it's a blessing to have stumbled upon those answers. You know, um, it, it would be extremely wrong and unethical not to share it with others. And, Absolutely. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love that. I love that point of view. So true. Um, yeah, to to have to have made a discovery that this this is a way to come out healthy on the other side and and not share that with other people. It's just it's evil. Mm -hmm. um, it's why we have that desire to 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 press forward and and share it with other people. So and as she as she shared earlier, you know, the mindset of people like herself is not, oh, I've got the answer, I'm gonna keep it to myself, but it's to help the others, is to keep pushing forward, to protect your mindset. Let's talk about triangle. But what makes up your triangle? So, so it's called Freedom Triangle. So when I started writing the book, it was heavy on the mindset piece to address what I would say, like I'm a Gen Xer, to address the younger generation, because I believe that the, uh, you know, the, uh, the technology that is, you know, infiltrated all of our lives has really changed a lot of things. And we have lost a lot of, um, you know, the greatness of uh, life without technology and in, in a heartbeat, you know, so um, I was writing it from the standpoint, yes, you know, lessons learned from the military, but just also too, you know, as a child of immigrants, you know, as a first generation American, you know, growing up in uh, North Jersey, you know, that hustle and grind and, you know, just, I, I believed when I started to write, to write this, that there were, there was a lot of value that I could try to serve others who may not have received that value in their homes growing up or in their communities. So that's how it started out. So um, American Dream, as you know, is the name of the book. So Dream is actually an acronym. So Discipline, Resilience, Endurance, Adaptability, and Mentorship. So the book started out that way. As I was writing, and as often happens from what I understand to authors, when you're really getting into something, um, you know, I started having epiphanies and I had gotten my mental health and physical health so dialed in that I was able to see with clarity things that I, you know, understand things that I didn't understand before. And it came out, it came out in the book. I didn't hold back. I was very vulnerable and very real and it was powerful. Um, so at the time I was uh, living literally on the Hudson River um, and watching the uh, Hudson Yards complex in rise, literally being constructed. And uh, 30 Hudson Yards had this triangle up top, you know, and I was seeing that every day as I was writing and it just kind of all came together during the writing of the book. And that is what I call freedom triangle. So this idea of freedom triangle is based on time freedom, health freedom, and ultimately mind freedom. And when a person finds, truly finds their freedom triangle, they are in total control of their life. They have found inner peace and personal freedom, personal freedom from whatever held them back in the past. And that's such a powerful, powerful thing. So that was revealed and introduced to the world at the end of the book. Um, 
<clears throat> and I hope that when readers read the story and they see, okay, ordinary person and went through these experiences and okay, turned things around 180 degrees. Um, wow, that's an example. That's a real example. So therefore I can do this too, if I want to. So you're right. It's the mindset piece because you can have all the tools at your disposal and support systems and everything you need. But if you don't want to do it, you're not going to do it and nobody can help you get there. So it starts with that mindset shift. And I have noticed within, um, at least in the veteran community, there is a, an element of the veteran community that wants to keep veterans down, you know, misery loves company. And, yeah. you know, I, I talk about in the book, about sometimes you have to leave the tribe. Sometimes you have to, to, to find yourself, to improve yourself, to help yourself. You know, yeah, we see, we see um, hustlers and nonprofits that, that like to keep it broken so they can continue to get funds. Hundred percent, and that's no different than you know our our um, our system here in America, right? <laughs> you know, a lot of entities and organizations and institutions exist based off of the problem that continues and thrives. And without, if that problem got solved, big pharma, you know, if everybody was healthy and well, big pharma yep. is not going to continue to dominate, right? So we it's the same concept. Mm -hmm. We could talk about that for many, many, many shows, but go ahead. hundred percent. Yeah. So, so, but that's the thing, you know, it's uncomfortable. People don't want to get uncomfortable. They have that safety net, that comfort zone. Um, I think, I, I believe because I didn't have a choice coming back, you know, I found myself alone and struggling um, and I didn't have that safety net. It kind of uh, propelled me in the direction of finding these solutions, which was good. Um, which is a good thing. So I bring that perspective, but you know, I want to present it to people because if they know that, you know, early on, okay, it's a little seed they plant. And then when they need it, then they could take action on it. Yeah, it's very interesting. You said you, you wrote this for mindset, especially for the younger generation. I just saw a commercial in the last week about a kid with a basketball. I think he's in the backyard is like by himself. There's the hoop with no net, you know, and, and, this, this commercial is about you'll never have to play alone again because if you put on these VR goggles, now you're in a stadium playing against Michael Jordan and, and that, man, you know, it's we're selling it to them that it's terrible to go outside and skin your knee and get a sunburn, you know, and a mosquito bite. But if you stay inside, you can have all this, you know, the lies of the world. You can have all this if you just stay here. Anyway, I just, I think that we really need to be able to reach these, the, this generation that has just got their face in a screen all the time, like the people watching this are facing the screen all the time. But, um, you know, it's, it's become a lifestyle um, that we really have to address before we have major repercussions as a society. 100%. I mean, it's, Oh my goodness. I mean, it's advanced <laughs> so quickly. The velocity of, of, you know, this, this, um, I'm going to, I'm going to use a word that captures it. Um, this clown show, you know, like my goodness, let's be human. Let's go back to what, you know, each of us have the ability to do, you know, communications, movement, you know, all the basics, those have all been compromised. And it's all tied to devices and everything. And, um, you know, I feel bad for the generation born with an iPhone in their hands. You know, I mean, we remember life without that. And, um, you know, in those impressionable years, you know, like those things that we had been through, 
made us who we are and made us resilient and able to persevere and thrive and get through things. And so, you know, I, I, we all have to help. Exactly. hundred percent. I think Rob and I were in high school when Pong came out, right? Yeah. Uh, I was a little younger. (laughs) 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 I was a little younger. Oh gosh. Yeah. It's, it's a little surreal, like thinking back to how things are. I I feel very blessed and lucky to have grown up when, you know, not everything was on camera and, you know, (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad that. that there yeah uh, our rule of course we we were kind of we were we lived in a base community um and summertime it was had to be had to be home by the time dinner was served but after that we were right back out the door and the street street lights came on mm-hmm. okay time to time to call it a night unless you had permission from mom and dad so those were great Uh-oh. days. And you weren't, you weren't worrying about your phone buzzing and notifications and everything else. Never, not we were playing, we're throwing Nerf footballs down the street, you know, and dodging traffic to catch the pass. So <laughs> yes. yeah, same, same thing. Wow. Um, one of the other things that you got, I'm a, I'm just going to give you a shameless plug because I'm such a fan now. Um, you have developed your own little fragrance line. So how did that come in being? <laughs> so again, getting to that point in life where everything is just, all systems go within your system, right? Yeah, I mean, powerful, right? Um, you're able to receive <laughs> the message. You're able to see things clearly. Uh, so the book, American Dream, came out in October 2019. And, you know, at that point, I was starting to do podcasts and speak about the power of Freedom Triangle. Then I realized, too, not everybody's going to read a book, you know. Um, And I thought I needed a physical product that could introduce people to this concept. And then when they're ready, they can go back, read the book, listen, you know, to me speak about it or whatever the case is. Right. So I knew I wanted something for men and for women. And something that can serve people worldwide. And it had to be powerful and luxurious because I believe finding the pinnacle of freedom triangle, finding that, you know, that mind freedom, that inner peace, personal freedom and control of yourself is true luxury. That's modern luxury. You know, you could be, you know, you could surround yourself with physical things that define regular luxury, you know, yachts and planes and just everything and be miserable inside. And I realized, you know, modern luxury today, you know, as it was back then to me was really finding that inner peace inside. So, so I thought of a fragrance line. Why not? Two reasons. So freedom triangle, as I mentioned, that's the idea, the concept that we should all strive to achieve. But I introduced triangle fragrance. That's the name of the fragrance brand that I developed, okay, inspired by Freedom Triangle. So that's the tie-over. So each of the scents, there are six scents, two for men, two for women, two unisex scents. Each of them have a self-help card that comes with the scent. So the idea is someone sprays the scent, they read the card, you know, it's a beautiful card. They can put it in their wallet, they can put it up in their bathroom mirror, but that card, that particular card for that particular scent, it matches and it ties back to 
a point in Freedom Triangle. So it's a little introduction because some people will read, some people will listen. But we, you know, going back to the beginning of our conversation, the power of sense yep. and how certain sense, you know, certain sense, you and I can, you know, smell and it'll take us back to a, <laughs> a kinetic, a bad tactical situation, right? Right. Um, but here are some beautiful new unique sense they had they wanted to create something unique you know of course um as a reset uh and and so so yes so triangle fragrance is inspired by freedom triangle and you know as as so i started that um january 2020 shortly after the book came out and we all know what happened in march 2020 so i was living up the new york city area and everything locked down the world changed changed. And, you know, obviously three years later, we've seen what, what has happened. So um, it's pushed me out of my comfort zone to just jump into the beauty industry, you know, <laughs> but, but that's great, you know, because that's how we grow when we do things that make us uncomfortable or that stretch us as human beings. So now that I have this like newfound reset in life, you know, or that's why I discovered personally in 2019, this is my new mission. And you know, for a lot of reasons. One, when you build a business, you know, and, and have results, right? When you attain that point, people will listen to your message more and take that seriously. And if I want to reach out and touch 10 million lives and impact 10 million lives, you know, this is one way, one method to do it rather than just relying on the book itself. Um, second of all, you know, and this is more, um, you know, circumstantial to what has happened over the past three years, you know, realized, of course, from the get-go, it was a made in USA brand. But as I've progressed as a business owner, I've realized how uh, a few American brands that started out in America still manufacture here in America. And, you know, we we see the impact too of um, American brands that are quite famous, actually, you know, promoting things that are un-American. So there is more emphasis on, you know, the importance and significance of building triangle fragrance as a true American brand. So, so it's, uh, the mission has, you know, only grown um, as I continue to search forth doing this, but for your audience, you know, the takeaway is, you know, I never found, thought I'd ever see myself here. You know, I mean, when I got back from work, defense contracting, that made sense. All right. Start a service-based business. Okay. Never thought I'd take this leap into something like this, you know, something that is public, something that, you know, it's just a different world altogether, but that's the whole point. You can evolve and you can recreate your life, no matter what happened to you, no matter what you were exposed to as a kid, you know, you can let everything behind you and just choose what you want to be. My dad, um, he used to tell myself, you know, and my uh, siblings when we were young, you're in America. You guys have no idea how lucky you are to be born here. You can do anything you want to do. And I thought, okay, okay. And I shelved that, but I remember that. And I realized that because we do have that freedom, even though our liberties are being, you know, tested every single day these days, you know, we do still have the freedom to do whatever we want to do. And, you know, um, in this case, it just made sense. How did your dad's words hit you when you went from Jersey in your life here to overseas and saw what was in Afghanistan and Iraq when he, when he says you can do anything because you're in America and then you go see what the third world actually looks like on that side. How did that hit you? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, and 
you know, I talk about that relationship too, because of course, as a father, um, you know, they, they weren't crazy about their daughter, you know, trudging off to war or saying, Hey, take me, <laughs> you know, but, um, but that being said, um, hundred percent, like any, anybody who's like served in the military and deployed overseas, even if it was a peacetime operation, you're usually in a village, an area where life is not like we have here in America, you know, and when we were younger, my family, we traveled overseas, but it wasn't like, you know, going into the remote jungles or the villages of here and there, you know? So I had a little bit of an appreciation, but it really broadened when you see the human effects, you know, um, cause we Americans, we value life and to see, you know, the effects of how people were treated and how people lived, um, because of leadership in their countries, you know, that's, that's powerful. And you, never forget certain things. Um, the job I did in the military civil affairs, like we got around, we were everywhere attached to many different units. So we went through, you know, to many different locations. And, you know, I remember like we would see a lot of hooks, hooks hanging, you know, and you hear the stories, you know, our interpreters would tell us the stories of, um, yeah, this is where they would do some unpleasant things here to, to locals under Saddam's rule. And like, that's, that's wild, you know, like that's just so powerful to, um, you know, see that up front and just realize, gosh, you know, like we have it so good here in America, you know, freedom of speech, you know, just so many freedoms that our constitution provides us. And now, you know, it's so clear why so many people want to come to America. I mean, not a perfect country, but my goodness, you know, like the beacon of hope for so many. And, you know, that I'll always defend, you know protect and defend our constitution and American way of life, because without us, so many other people worldwide lose hope because even if they're not living here, they know that this, this example exists and we are a young country, but we've accomplished a lot. And obviously it's kind of, we were talking about this right now while we're, you know, I believe being tested, you know, and can go one direction or another. I do believe we're going to go in the right direction. Um, but we're seeing this, you know, this experiment, you know, um, being tested in its fullest form. And, you know, what I would say is to anybody who, you know, say a younger generation listening to this, who hasn't not had that experience of being overseas and seeing people firsthand, uh, living very differently than how we live, you know, be grateful to be in this country and take full advantage. You know, it's a land of opportunity. You, you can do you do you do what you do best, you know, but anytime you could solve a problem in the marketplace and solve a problem for your community or serve others in your community, you know, that's invaluable. And that's what propels us as a country forward across the full spectrum, you know, whether it's manufacturing, whether it's, you know, medical uh, efforts, you know, there's so many different ways. It's phenomenal. Like we're like, everybody should wake up every day and just be blessed that our feet are on American soil. And despite the uh, issues we're having right now, you know, obviously uh, that are festering throughout our country um, and testing us in such a big way. I mean, it's going to rebound and it's going to rebound in a very big way. And we're all blessed to be a part of it. Just take full advantage for sure. I vote for you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um. I'm going to flash back to her fragrance really quick. Um, 
you know, I talked about. I think the fragrance is set up to flashback to that memory card she's talking about, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, I talked about my triggers were really not what I saw. I, I don't, I'm not haunted by anything that I've ever seen. Um, but I can, I can hear a sound or I can catch a smell and it's immediately in the moment transformed back right then. And I think that's kind of my thing is that I've tried to replace those with really pleasant smells. Um, I like redoing myself with that. Um, and so I, I fell in love with that. Well, victory. Um, what a great fragrance. Um, really, really good. So thank you. Um, but the, it, it goes in line with the, the reframing and, and getting yourself all back together. Um, and, and we have, if there's so much work that's been done in really in this, these last 10 years, I mean, so much work, um, that we can actually like reprogram neural pathways in our brains where there's there's things that that really do make a positive change and and get me out of whatever that was that I was in before I retired from law enforcement I was I was pointed to another book um the guys that I worked with we we all were were very active um in really aggressive units um and that's what we did the whole time that we were that we were in we just did that that in our own community um it's it's just one of those that once you leave that and i understand it because it happened when i was in the unit you know when you're in when you're in really high speed units and somebody leaves they're gone it's next man up mm -hmm. you know, so now phil phil's the new guy phil phil's got our confidence now he's he's going to be worked into the to the stuff. Kevin who? <laughs> so uh, when I was coming up on retirement, I was I was pointed to towards another book called Excommunicated Warrior. Mm -hmm. uh, it was guys coming out of teams and stuff like that that same thing. I mean, those guys aren't your community anymore. Yeah. And it, there really is a vacuum in, in your life from the things that you've experienced, you know, once you, once you've done things like that with people, it's a completely different bond than anybody really realizes. Um, but we've got, we've got tons of guys out here that, that, uh, said, uh, uh, that was the thing they, they missed the most. It wasn't necessarily the work. It was, the unity that you'd built, that community you'd built. <clears throat> you know, yes, I 100% understand that. Um, not having people that you know have your back, have your back, right, is is um, isolating. That being said, at this point, I can say, build your own community. Absolutely. When, Absolutely. yep, when you have experience and you have value, okay? Put it forth however you 
find best to put it forth. You're going to attract the right people to you and to your community because people, especially younger people are looking, searching for something that they can relate to, that they understand, that excites them, that they want to be a part of. And the biggest, you know, problem I see, you know, and you could maybe tell me from the law enforcement side, but like in the military, you know, war, no war, you know, 20 years and you're done. But for my generation of Iraq, Afghanistan veterans, you know, you come back and it's like, you know, there's this push, you know, like, okay, you're done. You did your time, you know, some, you know, they try to push you to get a disability rating, even if, you know, you don't own it or deserve it essentially, you know, I mean, <laughs> I remember that that was a little crazy. And it's like, they're trying to keep you down. They're trying to keep you in this little box where, Hey, this is your life. We'll feed you just enough just to keep you, you know, a roof over your head and food on your table. But this point you're out, you know, 30 years old, 35, or even younger, 25 years old. My goodness, you have many lifetimes ahead of you on this earth, yes. but they don't set you up for that. They don't transition you into, Hey, new chapter. What am I going to do now? Okay. So they have the GI bill, right? Okay. Go to college. Okay. You go to college, right? You're not relating to the majority of the people in academia or the professors. Yeah. Or the professors. And you get this paper, this degree, but like what you're still trying to find yourself. Well, this is where that opportunity to reinvent, recreate and do things, you know, comes into play. Um, I love seeing veterans get into business because the business world to, to thrive and succeed in the business world, it's got its own set of rules, you know? And um, I found myself, you know, being attracted to just like I was part of the, you know, special operations, the softer side of soft, you know, when I was in uniform, I wanted to be around the best of the best because that was going to bring out the best in me. So what I'm doing now in the business world, I have mentors who are the best of the best and who are, mentoring and showing you how they did it so you could do it too and they keep that bar really high and i'm just you know that little gerbil on the gerbil wheel or hamster on the hamster wheel just trying to like you know progress a little bit each day forward and that's good because that mission keeps you going keeps you you know it's like a new sense of, of being alive and and you know you're serving others and you know connecting with others look how we connected you know that's invaluable that's invaluable. So, so the whole point I was trying to get is, you know, people need to realize, okay, yeah, you want to go serve. You want to be a protector for your community or for your country. That's great. But as we say in business, you build a business, having the exit in mind, you're not going to do it till the day you die. Right. So same thing, put on the uniform, have the exit in mind. Okay. It may change. You may find yourself, you know, staying longer or exiting earlier. But start thinking about those things, because when you tie yourself just to the uniform, the, the structure and that institution or organization, and you don't have any you know thoughts of anything else outside of that, that's where the problems exasperate, because you're going to be dependent on the community. Then when they're not there for you, for whatever the reason, you're going to be struggling. So start thinking outwardly. Certainly while you're there you know, you focus, you give it a hundred percent your attention and everything else, but you have to approach it like, Hey, I'm not going to do this forever. You know, what am I going to do next? And just have that in the back of your mind. That alone is a mindset shift that, you know, if, if, you know, when you went through basic training, they said, okay, right before I start smoking you and, and breaking you down and build you back up, 
just know where you're going to go through maybe two decades, maybe a little bit more. That's it. But guess what? You're still going to have to do something else, reinvent yourself afterwards. But they, they're, they're not going to do that. So it's up to us to, to share that mindset, that thought process. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, what, what is, uh, what is life moving forward for you? Yeah, so I, I'm in, um, well, in the trenches, if you will, uh, tactically and operationally building Triangle Fragrance, um, you know, the, the trajectories to get distribution so that it is on shelves so that when I'm not there, you know, someone in any, you know, the states across the country and ultimately worldwide can go into their local XYZ store, whatever it is, big retail chain or boutique, and they can experience the collection and they could start their journey if they wish. So to get to that point, I mean, there's a lot of work to get that to that point. So that's what I'm focusing on. Um, I am also uh, working on uh, a specific workbook, if you will, workbook type book on Freedom Triangle to serve people so that in the comfort of their own home, they could start to go through this exercise to help them guide them to ultimately finding you know, their pinnacles and, um, you know, some working on that, but it, you can't serve two masters. I, I will say the the priority focus of course, is to, to build the, uh, triangle fragrance business to a certain point where we can operate without myself, you know, and that, that's, that's a big ramp <laughs> and that's okay. Um, because, you know, I believe, uh, you know, we, we need challenges in our life. If we don't have challenges, we have the wrong problems. It's good to have challenges that are problems. Those are great problems to have, you know, but when you don't have challenges, then we start creating problems in our own head and we play very small, you know, and I know I went through a patch of life where I was just playing very small instead of realizing the power I had within myself to go out there and do more and serve others as well. So we all have that within us. I, I see that being a success for you. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, we've we've actually discussed this on the show before. Um, I think there have been lots of things that our vets got shorted on. You know, in World War II, we loaded those guys up on boats and gave them a slow ride home, and they were in community and able to kind of decompress over a journey. And now we want to have them home by, by supper. Um, so you really don't have that outlet. Um, but another thing that those guys did was through their, through their experiences, they just decided that I'm just going to, I'm, I'm working for me. Mm -hmm. And they built this country into what it is. And my hope now is that We've got two decades of these guys now, guys and girls that have been through these experiences and we need to, to guide them to start their building, to, to start that next push. I, I have a lot of, I have a lot of hope in that. Um, it's just, it's, it's like you were talking about those, these people are, are forward movers. They're forward thinkers. They, they, uh, they have been tested in the fire and 
a, a business situation is not a complex matter, you know, in the grand scheme of life after I always told people that once you've been shot at, perspectives change dramatically on everything. Um, it You just look at there things that are a big deal, that were a big deal last week, now are no longer anything. It's not even a blip on the radar. Mm -hmm. um, and it's one of the things I wanted to, to, to kind of throw out there is we also had... Uh, you know, we've had those experiences of coming through the, on the other side and you've had those and several other vets out there. Um, those things are out there and available. There's, there's help. And um, one of the services that, that we offer our members that are involved in critical incidences is, is that psychological support. And that's a really critical piece. Everybody thinks, well, pay for my lawyer. No, that's not enough. We've all been through all the other parts of this thing, and there's so much more. And we want to make sure that everybody's fully served and has the best chance of coming out of this thing on the other side uh, healthy. So, <clears throat> that, that, and that's, you know, and that's um, very premium um, because that piece is missing from everything, right? Uh, you can't just transact. You can't just do the transactional, the tactical, right? Transformational is more powerful. Absolutely. Or even transitional, you know, from that transactional to, okay, how are you going to go forth now? So that's beyond, you know, like the fact that you provide this as well, um, speaks volumes to the whole of the service, which is very powerful. Um, what you mentioned about World War II veterans, absolutely. They, they, they built what our country is today. And the statistics, 50% of World War II veterans that came home started businesses. Uh, today, 5%, uh, between 4 and 6% of global war and terror veterans, granted the numbers are smaller, but only 5% are building businesses now. Um, you, you are seeing a lot of veterans get into, uh, you know, elected office positions, which, which is wonderful as well, because there's a great avenue and approach to towards leadership for our country. So that, you know, outside of business, but yes. I believe business, absolutely. We need that. We're a cop capitalistic society. And if you can solve a problem and serve value in the marketplace, you know, you can create something with longevity. That's one of the great things about about Prescott and what attracted me there. You know, the congressman's Eli Crane. Uh, he was a SEAL team sniper and and uh, he's now a congressman and he was a business owner. Um, founding Fathers is great. It's run by Green Berets. And there's so many, I always joke, you can't throw a rock in Prescott without hitting somebody from SOF, which is why you don't throw rocks in Prescott. Um, you know, but it's there is a great community there and they are business owners and they're capital minded and and they're great they're great people and so it is important because they take that mindset i mean the mindset to get through green beret or seal training is obviously does not exist with everybody and they take that mindset into their business and their personal lives and and make that transition they're very successful it's it's just great to be around them mm -hmm. 100%, you know, and, and that's inspiring, you know, I mean, that's what's going to, those examples are what are, is going to inspire younger folks who, 
you know, maybe they were born with the iPhone in their hands and they've, you know, gone through their track, but they want something more. You know, I remember reading when I was in college and, and working um, in, in IT, you know, I, I would read the, uh, the books of Vietnam veterans and it was just such a different world, such a different world. And I guess that did impact me. And later on, even when I was serving, um, I referenced a lot of what I read about the examples of leadership or failed leadership, you know, or um, what right looks like. And also the mindset too. Um, there's a powerful book, Five Years to Freedom by Colonel Nick Rowe, who was a Vietnam POW for five years. And, you know, that was powerful to read. And that served me, not that I ever found myself in the same situation he was in, but even after service, when I did find myself alone and without any sort of support system and struggling and really struggling in the struggle sauce, you know, that book served me. It helped me push through. So yeah, hundred percent. I, I am excited every time I see a veteran, um, you know, contemporary veteran, you know, step up into a leadership role, be it business or um, politics or in their community or, you know, nonprofit, whatever the case is, you know, whatever it is that they're, they're doing, because I know that they're taking uh, lessons learned and a lot of mindset from what they've experienced, you know, to build something or to improve upon something. Yep, for sure. Phil, you got any, any questions or takeaways for today? You're mute. <laughs> That's one of my superpowers. <laughs> uh, no, lots of them, but we'd have to redo the whole show to get, get through them all. But I think it was uh, well worth well worth the interview. Magda, thank you for your time. Thank, thank you for your service. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you for everything you both have done and continue to do. And I am just so honored and humbled to be able to connect um, as well. And hopefully, you know, together we're serving others. Um, Magda, tell these folks how to, how to uh, contact you. How do, how do they get the book? How do they get the fragrance? Where do they reach out to, to experience your gifts? Uh, thank you. Yes. Uh, Magda Khalifa com and Mike Alpha Golf Delta Alpha Kilo Hotel Alpha Lima India Foxtrot Alpha and I love com I love that your audience is probably tracking with that um so so that's the website it has links to the book the books available on Amazon um links to the fragrance as well and uh, my social media so um and I should bear mention if anybody wishes to reach out by all means uh, do so over social media it's a great way to connect with others and uh, See if I could serve as well. Thank you. Thank you. Again, her book, American Dream. Um, it is a great read. Um, she has really kind of made herself really vulnerable and exposed herself. Um, but it's a great read. I think I think a lot of our guys will will get a lot of value out of that. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Um as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach me direct at rob, R-O-B, at ccwsafe.com. And we thank you for tuning in. We look forward to seeing you next week. Bye, guys. Thank you, gentlemen. God bless. <laughs>